This is terrible advice to give. And we have spoken to a number of women who've been given this advice in the form of you lack executive presence or you lack gravitas. Oh my gosh. Welcome to Power Up, the podcast that uncovers the unique challenges women leaders face today. Join your hosts, Nat and Kristen, as we dive into the tough topics and provide actionable insights you can apply right now. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Hello, thanks for listening. Welcome to our 12th episode. At PowerSuit, we're committed to giving you the tools and the confidence to build a career on your terms. And in today's episode, we're giving you our usual unfiltered advice on the double-edged sword of executive presence. I like that we have unfiltered advice. I mean, it is. <laughs> we have no one filtering our chitter-chatter. No, we're not very good at filtering. <laughs> should we talk? Should I, should I define executive presence? Do it. This is a term that is shrouded in mystery, in my opinion. I, and, and actually having a Google around, it's something, it's one of those things that you know when you see it but you can't define it most of the time people don't define it and I think that's always a problem because when you have things that can't be defined until you see them it probably means what you see is being very very influenced by the the norm the the status quo and that probably means there's a very narrow definition of what executive presence looks like and I found a really great quote from Forbes the phrase executive presence for many conjures ease of authority, matter of factness and emotional stoicism, traits that are often associated with white heterosexual men, which I think is just a really nice definition of the problem with the executive presence. What I understand it to be and the purpose of it is fundamentally it's your ability to inspire confidence. The definition of leader is that you need followers. So it is your ability to galvanize people to follow your vision, mission, plan, project, whatever it is. And I actually believe there are multiple ways to do that. Yes, because the way you described it sounded really boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought, <laughs> who wants to be in a meeting with stoicism? That sounds terrible and one thing it's very clear when you google it there's like the seven c's of executive presence and it's things like charisma Ooh. and uh i mean there are some great ones clarity and whatever we'll chat about that soon but there's things like calm and charisma those are masculine leadership traits i think george clooney when i think charisma <laughs> do you who do you think i can't i can't embody george clooney in a meeting so no. i fail on all levels of executive but presence. i think but i do think when you hear those words like charisma picture what they what comes up in your mind or who comes up in your Men. mind they absolutely do, right? Yeah. And one Obama. of the notes I've taken is, oh, Obama, is I've been looking because we are talking about these different styles that women take to their careers. And so we've been looking up rom-com characters to try and find women in rom-coms who represent those styles. It is very hard to find examples of women in rom-coms who have executive presence or who are even in positions where they yeah. should have executive yeah. presence. Whereas you could look at Top Gun, you could look at Wolf of Wall Street, you could look at all these movies and yeah. find men who ooze charisma those aren't rom-coms though why True. i don't even watch okay, maybe so we'll widen our search i'm not I'm the, <laughs> anyone listening to this podcast know i am the last person to speak on anything pop culture so i rely on nat uh, to be the cool half of this relationship but i i totally get your point we at power suit want to change the face of leadership 
And what that means is that in 10 years time, the impact that we want to have is that people define and view and accept leadership and its many forms, which doesn't have to have a C title in it. It doesn't have to have those connotations of what a male leader is. So we genuinely want to change the face of leadership. That's what it means to us. And in the next 28 minutes, we're going to do a better job of describing what it means, the dangers of using that term, and how you can adapt executive presence in your life in a really healthy way. But first, did you learn anything from yourself last week? Other than I like to video myself with an upwards angle <laughs> that really highlights my neck to face join. Yeah. <laughs> Merges it all into one. I challenged myself to listen to a new podcast called The Witch Trials of JK Rowling. Mm. Have you heard of it? No. So JK But I've heard of JK Rowling, yeah. much loved well previously much loved writer of harry potter series who got cancelled for being a turf which is uh i can't even remember what that term means but basically and anti-trans right and so this podcast has come out effectively telling her side of the story and trying to explain why how she got where she got and i'm only part way through but what i have learned about myself is even when i have a very very strong personal philosophy of getting outside of my thought bubble and really trying to keep an open mind and listen to different sides of the argument because i do think it's extremely important in this day and age it is extremely hard like i'm having a mental battle with jk rowling <laughs> the entire time i'm listening to this podcast and i yeah. have a counter argument to everything she says and i hear myself my internal dialogue going yeah but and but this isn't true and that has been really a good reminder in it's very easy to talk about being open-minded it's much harder to put it into practice so oh. I'm gonna stick with it even though it's driving me bonkers and making me an angry person if you break you could take to Twitter she does reply but but good on you she might good. become a power suit <laughs> yeah um, good. Mine was, we went to an event. It was a tech event for the New Zealand startup ecosystem, and it was supporting tech founders and those in the tech industry with mental illness, because uh, there have been some uh, tragedies in the last few years, because mm -hmm. there's so much stress uh, related to founders in this industry, as we know. And so there was a boxing event to raise money, and everyday tech professionals put their hands up they trained for months and months and months we know some of them we're going to give a shout out in this week's newsletter to one of the power suitors that got in the ring and I am competitive and I love sport and so I was like oh I could train four months for this and get in a ring and I can even get over getting punched in the face thing because they literally got punched in the face <laughs> a lot but where I drew my line, which I was like, oh, yep, so I still have some real issues with this, is I couldn't do it in front of 400 other people. There is not a chance because I would, every little mistake I would make, mental game is so important in sport. Mm -hmm. Every mistake I make, I would tear myself down because of the embarrassment in front of hundreds of people. Fascinating. I don't know what it says about myself other than I still really care what people think about me. Well, it says a lot to think you'd rather be punched in the face than be punched <laughs> in the face in public. No, actually, I mean, I'm not joking. That's probably quite a common thing. I think it's for... less about being punched in the face, <laughs> but it's forced four months of forced exercise. I mean, these people looked ripped. And I'm sorry, know, but amazing. like, I will get punched in the face to get ripped. <laughs> okay, so what does that say about me? I learned a lot. But anyway, let's let's talk about executive presence. I think you did a great job of describing it, even though it sounded really boring. Uh, and, and I just wanted to tackle initially, 
This is terrible advice to give. And we have spoken to a number of women who've been given this advice in the form of you lack executive presence or you lack gravitas. Oh my gosh. So let's, let's chat a little bit. For me, when I hear that, it puts women in this penalty box of you're not good enough, but without concrete feedback or communication as to why it's this catch-all box. And it's almost like I read a quote that it's like, it's nailing jello to the wall. It's impossible <laughs> to nail down what it even means. And why it's terrible feedback is because it's intentionally vague. And I think it's intentionally vague because managers either haven't prepped to give really specific behavioral based or pattern based or constructive feedback, or they're too scared to give what they probably shouldn't be saying in the first place. Or mm. they actually have a vi- bias, an unconscious bias, yes. and do believe that the woman is not Should. is not displaying leadership skills. Yeah. And, and because no one can quite put their finger on what executive presence is, mm. other than George Clooney personifies it, it's very hard to give more special, spe- specific feedback. Yeah. How, well, how do you think they should relay it? Well, one stat I found really particularly interesting this week is women receive 22% more feedback about our personalities than Mm. men do. So that, to me, feels like there is a very close correlation between these two things. And, and And I suppose it ties back to me to that what I was talking about last week with my limiting self beliefs about being taken seriously. There's this whole area about being taken seriously and having that gravitas and Mm. personality based feedback and the lack of specificity around it. One of the, one of the things I've been told, which was the most helpful thing that I've been told on the subject, and this goes back to leadership coach, Jenny power suitor, incredible woman, co-founder of excellent when I was getting leadership coaching from her, she talked about one of the things I struggled with at the time is I would go into these big meetings and they especially we'd just been acquired. There were a lot of men, a lot of men who had, in quotation marks, executive presence to mm. different degrees. Mm. And I just said, she's, and I used a few coping mechanisms. I fell back on some really stupid ones like, excuse me, is this a dumb question? <laughs> or kind of being afraid to put my hand up or actually just walking out and feeling quite miserable about it. Mm. And she said, isn't this interesting because the problem for you is actually you walk into that room and you don't think you deserve to be there. Somewhere you think you do not belong there. Whereas all those men walk in, even if they don't belong there, they all believe they do. And so for me, that was probably the most specific feedback around how to fix executive presence is actually tackle the underlying problem which for me, which I imagine it is for a lot of women, is a confidence one. It is a, or, or an imposter syndrome thing. And I mean that almost in the purest sense of the word, that I was an imposter in those meetings. I didn't belong in those meetings. I didn't belong in that environment. It wasn't right for me. Yeah. And that led me to feel and behave differently than mm. how I would had I been really confident being there. That is an amazing piece of feedback and really helpful because you could then interrogate it, look at it and possibly do something about it rather than just this term of, oh, you just need to have more of it. We are going to post, we've written an article on how to give good feedback and receive it. In fact, we can post both of those in the resources below because we've got some great tips on often the focus is on the personalities as opposed to the leadership behavior. So really helpful things uh, that I've heard or experienced before is 
you could do more of this, like a behavior, and you could do less of this. That's really mm. fantastic and concrete. Also factual, not interpretive. And that is yeah. when you get into the biases is like, I'm, I'm interpreting you as this. That's our lens that yes. we see of the world and that how we view things. It's not necessarily factual. So often focusing on patterns of, I notice when you get stressed in meetings, you know, this might happen. I've noticed this better. It's much more useful than a one-off. And then also link it to impact. For example, Nat, if I was to give you feedback in that space, which by the way, I think you smashed it and I never would have known in any of these meetings you felt that way, but it might've, I'm just making up a hypothetical here, but Nat, you could do uh, more of uh, getting to the point quite quickly. You could do less of laughing after your point. And the linking to impact is it's really powerful when you speak and stop and then you're silent or something Mm -hmm. like that. That probably Mm -hmm. wasn't a great example, but I'm trying to just quickly off the top of my head link to concrete feedback that you could then go, oh, the next time I have an inclination to do this, I'm just going to stop. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, I I so agree with that. I think that (laughs) takes it away from this big, lofty, mysterious executive presence into, and, and actually this is a challenge for leaders as well when you are giving that feedback, which is exactly what you just said to really challenge your own initial feedback. Like when you're watching someone and thinking there's something that's not quite fitting or it doesn't feel right in this room, really spend the time and the work digging into why. Is it my own bias? Is it that there's just this one little behavior they're doing? Is that behavior actually acceptable? It's just that it's not the the white male version of doing yeah, it and yeah. should I open a different should I encourage that behavior more should I create more space for that behavior or is it something like saying sorry stupid question that actually we should just all cut and yes. stop doing yeah yeah it's it's interesting that it is effectively a lose-lose there are really bad connotations around it it's really it's it doesn't place a very specific measuring stick on our behavior and what it ends up focusing on, like you said, quite often is the pitch of our voices. I know in my mm. 20s, I I made a really conscious effort to lower my voice. And I think I spoke about that in another podcast. And that's insane. It gives this connotation that women are shrill. Uh, things like personal presentation. I think we should chat about this a little bit because we are going to go into three tips, practical tips of executive presence because presence is really important. Let's maybe drop Well, maybe executive. we just call it building your <laughs> yeah. leadership your leadership style well, building your le- leadership I like I don't mind presence because it is how you show up nice and building how your received. leadership presence Great. and it can so, look different for everyone as it should we should chat just very briefly about these standards of women and because part of presence is how we look all these cues we give off the outfits we wear the nails that we do the hair the makeup and there's a huge pushback and movement away from that any thoughts because it's still important to be respected and well received but do we need to have as many cues historically as we've had? I, I find this this is a can of worms yeah. amongst many cans of worms. <laughs> and I remember there was a breakfast show, I think it was in Australia, where the male host didn't change his suit. I want to <gasps> say weeks or months. Yeah. He didn't mention it. He just did his little own experiment <gasps> where he turned up every day wearing the same thing and not one person called it out. And so he eventually made a point to say, if my co-host, who is a woman, changes one thing about her appearance, we get floods of feedback. No one even noticed. It's such a terrible double standard. I think even when we talked about Power Suit as a name, there were a few women who immediately felt quite triggered by this idea of, I have to wear this suit and these heels and 
Shoulder it really pads. did hark back their 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 emotional connection to this way that they had to present themselves felt very confronting, which was quite a light bulb moment for us. We're obviously redefining the power suit to be whatever you feel good in. <laughs> so I, I, I think this is a really nuanced area. My other belief on this is the person who dresses the worst is the person <laughs> the person who is in the most powerful position because they don't have to care what anyone else thinks. And you actually notice it quite a lot in tech. The and the people who are in the suits and ties are often the people who are in lower level positions yeah, yeah so I think there is a whole can of worms around this but I do think you should go to whatever you're going to feeling really confident really good about yourself and it should be appropriate to the situation yes. and that is where the can of worms opens yeah, because true. I don't know what appropriate should be defined as and but I do know what I might change. Like I probably wouldn't wear ripped jeans yes. to a meeting, to a sales meeting. Yeah. Can I tell you why not? Probably not. Is it a structural <laughs> issue? Probably. But maybe it's a respect thing. Yeah. But then the respect can go too far that I shouldn't have to wear heels to that same meeting because it's what expected. Yeah, so there's those, a line somewhere. Those are societal norms. And how cool that coming out of COVID that we no longer, that isn't a pressure point anymore. Because it was. And if we're getting up on stage or talking that or we're getting into a room, that is actually society is now accepted you know, that we don't sneakers. have to do that. Yes, sneakers, <laughs> sneakers are a thing. So I to end, to close off on the feedback piece, if you're a manager, please be specific with your women because studies have shown that men get really specific feedback and we need specific feedback to advance in our careers. Women get really subjective feedback and we don't know what to do with it, which means we're not improving, which means we're kind of in a downward spiral really because they're there are no behaviors can change as a result of it therefore their views of us continue to get negative and it could be a downward spiral so if you're nervous about giving specific advice it's possibly because it's inappropriate check your bias well and one easy way to do that just to quickly yeah. butt in there because we are at our newsletter this week we're talking about how to respond to microaggression sexist mm. remarks in the workplace and the easiest way in my opinion, to pick whether or not it's an appropriate thing to say is reverse it. So if you're, if I was about to say to Kristen, oh, I really think you should show less shoulder at work, would I say the same thing to a man? And yeah, if great. I wouldn't say it to a man, I probably shouldn't say it to a woman. Great. And that's just such an easy rule to live by. Just literally play it out in your head if you were to say the same thing to a 50-year-old white man, if that would go down very badly it will go down equally as badly with the woman you say it to couldn't agree more and then the and then the second tip on that on the feedback is to keep it really specific focus on do more of do less of focus on behaviors link it to impact so it so we have that aha moment that goes oh i'm making people feel this way or i'm being received this way because we want to be received in the best light and sometimes there are blind spots and so let's dig into how to master leadership presence because it is important and we've come up with three little tips and under the headings of the first is be you the second is have conviction and the final one is tailor how you show up which you alluded to a little bit there start with a be you do you want to like what does that mean to you well, this is coming from someone who feels like they're not taken seriously. Yeah. So, no, actually, I've made a... This is one of those... What, what We actually ran a workshop last week for Power Suit, which was very exciting. Yeah. And one of the biggest light bulb moments that came out was our best traits are also our biggest work on. So it's just the two different ends of the scale. So mm. for me, one of the things that I think is one of my best traits is that I actively question most things and decide proactively how I want to turn up. And so I have always had very 
um, we talked about last week. We both started out quite young going into situations where we were often the only one. And I made a pact with myself very early on to show up being myself. And every now and again, I've wobbled on that. But I've always gone in, had a good time, been loud, been confident and been myself and known that if I'm not accepted in that situation, then that is not a situation I should be in. So the yeah. comment I said before about going into these meetings, it wasn't a situation I should be in. It wasn't my vibe. It wasn't where I wanted to be. Mm. That's okay. I'm happy to leave that situation. And I did. So I think there's that. But what that can sometimes do is you get a reaction to that. And if you get that reaction enough, or if you get those little micro reactions enough, you start questioning yourself. So yeah. it, it, I, I think it's an always, it's a balance with yeah. that. And I think we're moving into a time in the world, thankfully, where we can bring our whole selves to work. And what does that mean? There's probably still, there are the you know, you might not want to bring all your personal baggage to work, but it could it could mean that you bring your identity to work and your quirks and your whole you, be it, you know, sexual orientation or your cultural backgrounds and beliefs. And you can bring those into work and be really proud of those. But also as a woman, we don't have to be like men authentically ourselves. Uh, we tend to have more warmth and empathy. We can show that in meetings. It's okay. We can have the tone of voice that we want. We can have humor or wit. I'm not a humorous person, uh, so I can't use it. But studies have shown. I'm hilarious. Aren't you going to do a comedy show in the in metaverse? <laughs> That's why I said it because it's the exact opposite of what I excel at. But I but humor has shown that women display it are received really well. So if you've got it, use it. Don't don't cram that part of you, you know, deep down inside. I think it's okay to authentically show up as yourself. Or I that agree. would be weird. I, I completely agree. Yeah. And one thing, uh, probably a challenge for power suitors, because we do want to create an environment that is diverse. And that doesn't just mean white women or women who look like you or women who behave like you, is to get really curious about how other women might show up and make space for that and support them. So if there is a woman who is operating outside of a stereotype that you might have, really check, oh, wait a second this may not this might be a bias that i have yeah and then really make a point of celebrating that and and really trying to step in and be excited about it because i think that's something that as power suitors that is one structural change we can actually impact by mm -hmm. creating space supporting and proactively encouraging people to bring themselves to work yeah even if it looks different from how we would do it absolutely for each person we can go through a bit of a self-awareness exercise to really identify what, what is authentically me and it kind of is like what is your personal brand at work what are you known for how are you accepted at work how do you want to be at work and you know how do you want to come to work and present yourself so could take a little bit of self-awareness and thinking like what are the things that are really important to me but also self-awareness in some of the weaknesses we might have. For example, I might too, be too dominant in a meeting and state things as a fact as opposed to a question or be curious about it. So self-awareness is really important when you're going through that BU stage of what is me and how do I wanna show up and what are some of my superpowers, but what are the weaknesses that I have to be aware of and just be super conscious of them. Or work-ons, work-ons. Yeah, work-ons, <laughs> yeah. And the second one is have conviction. And we had a little bit of a conversation about this beforehand, but it's this idea of, of if you are in a meeting to convey an idea or you would like to convey an idea, you have expertise in the area, you have a strong opinion, you want to be heard, you want your voice heard, convey it with conviction. And there's ways to do that. 
and it's there's something with clarity of the messaging and really thinking and this will involve prep before the meeting Mm -hmm. what are the key things that you want to get across how are you going to clearly communicate them it could be that you start with the main point up front and then have supporting evidence behind what you're saying it could be yeah so there's a sense of this clarity with messaging and concise because human brains can only focus for a short amount of time and if you're going on and on and on you're going to lose the power of that conviction yeah mm. and we do not we as women but people tend to over talk when yeah. we're nervous <laughs> and one of the most powerful things you can do or when they want to get when they want to convince others it's like if i just talk more yeah <laughs> absolutely and and the reason we talked about this beforehand and it's worth noting because i i feel very strongly especially if we're talking about executive presence that the last thing we want to do is perpetuate existing structures that don't work Mm. so one of the things about speaking with conviction is that is actually quite a masculine trait and often used when it shouldn't be so if you don't actually have the answer i strongly believe we should normalize saying that and asking and saying, I don't know, because that's one of, a part of being an empathetic leader is yeah. not having to have all the answers, which then leaves you with some really clear things going back to being yourself, things that you can add value on, things that you are an expert on, get your case together, get your supporting evidence and and, and convey it that way. Yeah. And then you can actually bow out or be curious about other things without having to step into the fray and add your opinion to a pile of other opinions that probably are all incorrect. Or they're just repeats of others. And that's yes. what I first noticed in those early days of my 20s as I was uh, naturally learning by observing. And I just found it so interesting watching all these people and quite often the the next person who wouldn't have an original thought or anything to add would just repeat what the previous person uh-huh. and I was like oh this is kind of easy to master because they're just repeating what what others are saying so a few tips that I learned was if and the, I have absolutely been in situations where I've probably been asked to the meeting because they wanted me to know they wanted me to be in the know or I, I, possibly I could have had something to add and there have been times where I've genuinely had nothing to add for various reasons so I remember just taking a really active listening role. Mm -hmm. I was curious, I learned, and the only way I felt I could add value, or I did add value, was I might speak to a personal experience. So I might not know about that in a work context or have deep research or analysis on the matter, but I might just say, this is what I've seen, or this is what I've experienced, or I remember a time when, and often storytelling is kind of interesting because it's your unique perspective and it's your unique opinion. Well, and I, and I love that example. We literally heard one this morning about a, a, an, an organization that may lack a little bit of diversity. And there was the setup that they'd created of this giant barbecue outside on this deck and how great was it? And this woman walked in and immediately went, no woman would have this outside their house looking like this. Mm. And that from a personal perspective is gold yes that perspective is gold just for that yeah. because and so that's not expertise that is just a different perspective which is extreme extremely valuable yes and conviction is dropping the qualifiers so you might not say oh i don't know about this everyone it could literally be like 
in my experience or my I can't think of anyone who would want that in their backyards as an example and so I think we can I think we can drop the I think and I think <laughs> we, we can, can drop, the, drop I wonder if we can drop qualifiers which leads to a really uh, the last really powerful point around conviction and that is your body language in our tips in meeting tips which will also be in the resource we talk about how body language is 95% of communicating. And if you want to show conviction, there's some really confident things you can do with your body. Like what, Nat? I really liked to, who was I listening to you? So it was a podcast. It's a podcast of a friend, a power suit. I should know which one. 7% of what we convey is the words. That's it. Well, I just said 95% well, but, is body but, language. But the <laughs> <laughs> Our math isn't working here. You have to drop it to 93% <laughs> is non-verbal, I think okay. is the correct Fine, well, stat okay, there because okay. people call us out on our incorrect <laughs> stats or our flippant use of stats. 93% is non-verbal. And I think that is such a powerful stat because mm. words, if you're typing something, if you're emailing something, that is only going to convey 7% of the message. So body language interesting the casual lean back in a chair yes. but like the confident lean yes. back I don't, I don't want to throw you under the bus Kristen but I'm definitely a fidgeter terrible don't fidget yeah stop fidgeting yeah stop picking your nails stop you know I could do all those stupid things and I <laughs> we uh, are fidgeters you're trying to kindly say we are fidgeters we, we are our fidgeters <laughs> and that is not a good I mean it just no. makes you look nervous yeah. even if you're not nervous I um we had an incredible per, uh professional speaking coach uh, speak to us a while ago and they said if you are speaking in public don't take a piece of paper along because your little hand tremors from your nerves will have this paper shape so have just your pad of it. paper down have your notes have your pad of paper yeah. down um if you have your shoulders hunched right now and you say i am amazing versus now Cue try breaking um, <laughs> my back putting rolling my shoulders your shoulders back <laughs> chin up i am amazing it's incredible how yeah. Just your body alone, that physical shift can create conviction in your messaging and in your presence in a meeting. And you can look yeah. quite, uh, well, I don't know, charismatic without being charismatic. <laughs> Just my Gravitas. Yeah. Do you, I never know what to do with my hands. I'm fine when I'm sitting, but when I'm standing, it's probably why I like a glass of wine in my hands. You, when, as soon as you start paying attention to your hands, you're like, where do I put them? Take notes, uh, clasp them. Hide them under the table? I, I hide mine under the table because then I can fidget <laughs> and I can see. <laughs> oh, great. Well, we're going to finish off on Taylor, how you show up. And you had spoken to it. And this is because you said the ripped jeans. I mean, we just don't. Could be societal. But I think there are cues as to how formal or informal the meeting is. And like leadership that. presence is about reading the room, reading the audience, how you want to be perceived. Unfortunately, we still judge people based on initial appearances. And that's not going to go anytime soon. So I think just have ha, have an understanding of how formal, how informal is this and go go for gold with the sneakers. But you might want to brush your hair, Nat. <laughs> I actually did brush my hair before I came here, but I didn't brush it for a meeting earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, you kind of knew that was an informal one. Well, anyway. and that's the thing is you, you sort of pick, you pick your audience I had a good piece of advice a while ago from a, when we spoke to the negotiation experts. Yeah. And he said, if you're going into a job interview on a bank, you'll probably dress quite differently than if you went to a job interview for a tech startup. Facebook, you wear and a hoodie. Absolutely. Yeah. So there is that, it's that paying respect to the situation while being yourself. And I think 
that I, another great quote we've been reading so many quotes this week is it doesn't take any longer to dress in an outfit that makes you feel confident yeah and I really love that if, if you go in feeling confident and appropriate and yourself you are going to nail it yes when you go in feeling disheveled or your outfit doesn't really fit or it doesn't feel appropriate for the situation you you just that confidence will show through yeah it's always better to overdress than underdress as well in my opinion i love an overdresser yeah you 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 always look smashing natalie uh that is <laughs> me in my active wear <laughs> and my holy socks <laughs> one last plug would be for our very first episode ever which was negotiation and how you present yourself in a negotiation we have mm. one of the c's which is clarity and that's actually about leaving the baggage at the door coming in confidently and should the emotion level rise have some ways to regulate your emotions in the meeting because emotional outbursts which i have done in meetings probably weren't aren't uh, ideal and won't help you land that really important opinion or behavior or project or pitch that you want to land so there is a little bit of emotional regulation and clarity involved in that and having the power to kind of again be self-aware and <laughs> then i'd triggers. say the final point on that yeah. is have a read of our newsletter this week the article yes. will be up on powersuit dot com on how to deal with microaggressions in the moment because yeah. that can quite often throw you in a meeting and it is much harder to figure out how or, or wherever you are actually mm. when you sort of walked in feeling confident you've honed your leadership style you feel like you are who you are and then someone drops a oh sweetheart go do this or smile more or whatever it is it can really knock you so having a few comebacks in your back pocket and a few ways to deal with it in the moment that can really give you a bit of a confidence boost as well so check out powersuit.com if you're not signed up to our newsletter yet you should sign up and get that but you can find the article there to quickly end off Nat you get one sentence what's something that's exciting you about Parasuit at the moment we are getting over the hump and what happens in a startup is you initially get all your friends and friends of friends and family on board. And so you have this really early initial success and then you hit strangers and it can you can flounder. We've shot past that and now we're getting comments, messages, feedback from people we've never met before, yes. which is so exciting. That was about 12 sentences. <laughs> I forgive you. I'm not a rule Mine follower. in a similar vein is we have some male allies and we've got some fantastic men that not only are reading our newsletter, but sharing the love and with their partners and friends and colleagues. And a little shout out to Bruce, who came up to me at a party and is the number one fan of our podcast. So loving our male allies. That's something to be excited about. If you'd um, like to take Bruce on and become our number one <laughs> podcast fan, Give us a five-star rating. Please do. We'd love your love. <laughs> Connect with us on socials and do that. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.